Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Like I said, man, I mean, three trips to the CS. If you had, if you had, if you had um, been guaranteed that in 14 going into 15, we walked in the door. How would you feel about that? As a fan of the Cubs, how would you feel about that? And how would you feel about last year as a Cub fan? So, um, you know, once, but is the the my. The mind one stretch has a difficult time going back to its original form. So we've stretched the minds a bit. And so now uh, the fans are expecting more. Groovy, man. Go and expect it all because we do too. That's Joe Madden. I'll ask his question to you at 67011. If you were told 2014, hey, here comes your new manager. You're going to get three straight trips to the National League Championship Series. You guys in? Sign up for that? One World Series trip and title in there, too? I mean, you could know that as well, I suppose. And a fourth time to the playoffs? How about just fourth time, four times in a row in the postseason? But three straight to the LCS is what he said. Would you sign up for that, would you? Of course you would. And then the expectations have gotten larger. And Leon's getting larger. Because he said that about the mind. The mind stretched to uh, its limits has trouble going back again or whatever, to paraphrase him. Um, it's a rare defense of his record, a rare defense of his performance. And he, he's right. Again, this is a complicated situation, folks. It is a nuanced and complex thing where many different factors are in play here as to why this team is not quite as good as they believe they should be and not quite as successful as they could be. Uh, today at noon, live on the score, the sportsbook at, America, at Ameristar pregame show for the Bears begins. Hub, Arkish, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mike Brown is going to join them today. That is awesome. That's today. Starts at noon. It goes until 1.40 live on the score. And then um, Cubs pregame starts at 1.40. So Bears pregame moves to the stream on 670thescore.com. So you can go there and hear it. After Cubs, Bears postgame will be on the score with Hub and Big Cat for two hours. Then after that, Cowboys and Saints in progress. Whoop! That's a day, folks. That is a broadcast day. Hit and run is where you are now, and it continues up until noon on the score. This is Tony in central Illinois who is calling to be on the score. What's up, Tony? How are you? Hey, Matt. Uh, I love Joe. I'm going to hate to see him go, but, but I think, you know, one of the strengths and how he handled his players was allowing them to be themselves, be creative, and all that stuff. Yeah. So when things like bad base running, bad throws in the infield, swinging the bad pitches reared their ugly heads last year and got worse this year, yeah. Because of the way you handled, he was unable to to nip any of that and stop any of that, and I think that's what cost him his job. I think that's very well said, Tony. I think this is human nature, and I think the longer we watch sports and we learn about humanity through sports, we see this. 
that the same things that are your strengths can often be your weaknesses. Uh, my friend Jason Goff used to say the same stuff that makes you laugh makes you cry. You know, mm-hmm. I remember yeah. learning. I remember learning this lesson watching uh, Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez was so completely unbothered by what anybody thought of him that he he and was so completely unbothered by pressure or situation that he could spit on a slider on the outside corner in the clutchest of moments and not worry that he might strike out or fail. Just he wouldn't swing at it. But that's yeah. that same lack of caring about what people thought made him be kind of a bad teammate and a real sloppy player sometimes. And he is not beloved by his former teammates. It's like we, we all we've seen guys like this. Um, and it's just the same stuff that can be your strength as a person and as an athlete, uh, as a performer can be your weakness. And it's um, it's cruel, isn't it? A little bit cruel. But uh, I think that's that's very well said about Joe. That Joe let them manage themselves, let them handle stuff, and when things got bad, he needed to go in there and get more active. And it didn't really happen until it was demanded that he do so. That was this year, and really towards the end of the year. And I, I think it was too late. This is Scott in Grand Rapids on six seventy. The score. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hey, Speaks. I love your show. I wish you were still out in the afternoon. I just want to be a little bit of a contrarian about about the uh, whole um, Theo's a genius thing. I, I I read a thing in the Tribute actually saying that Brian Cashman doesn't sometimes get the respect he deserves because he has two hundred million dollars to throw around. You could kind of say the same thing about Epstein. I think some of the contracts he signed have been terrible, like Jason Hayward. Um, and I just all I really want is your comments on it because I don't think. Anybody ever gives any kind of contrarian view. And in particular, could you tell me how many of the core four he actually obtained? Because I thought at least one or two of those players was there before he got there. I'll hang up and listen to you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, Javier Baez and Wilson Contreras were acquisitions during the Jim Hendry era. Um, So you're right about that. Uh, He and Jed Hoyer... Um, and Jason McLeod were a part of drafting Anthony Rizzo in Boston. And then he was traded to San Diego where Jed Hoyer was as part of it. I believe it was the Adrian Gonzalez trade from Theo to Jed. When they reunited here, they immediately traded Andrew Kashner for Anthony Rizzo to reacquire him. So they knew what he was. They knew what he had. And that's, that's, that's a great pickup. They drafted Chris Bryant. They drafted Kyle Schwarber. Um, who has been very successful and even more so these past few months. Um, They also drafted some guys who have not panned out in Albert Almora, uh, drafted a lot of pitchers who have not panned out. They did very well in international signing with Jorge Soler and Eloy Jimenez. And they used those guys to acquire other players. Um, there's a lot that they've done in Boston. They did a tremendous amount in terms of excellent drafting, signing acquisition guys like Dustin Pedroia and Jacoby Ellsbury. And they grabbed David Ortiz off the scrap heap from Minnesota. They drafted Mookie Betts, um, signed Xander Bogarts, um, Jonathan Papelbon. I mean, like a lot of guys, um, but, uh, you know, things have dried up. And what you say about the free agent uh, contracts are absolutely true. Signed some big, big and bad free agent contracts in Boston. Signed a few big, big and somewhat bad free agent contracts here. A couple real good ones. 
but some bad. Is he a genius? I, I, I think as a baseball guy, yes, I think so. He will go down as a guy who crafted and built teams that broke an 86-year drought in Boston and a 108-year drought here. And not just the people, but the culture. He has built a really, really good culture within an entire organization, which is bigger than a ball club, bigger than a clubhouse, in terms of uh, how an organization functions, who they listen to, how they communicate, how they set things up. He rebuilt a lot of things here that were in disarray or had never been built as a Cub organization. That's undeniable. So, yes, I think he is a genius. I think he will go down as one of the greatest uh, baseball executives of all time. Is he perfect? No. At this point, is he the best in baseball? I think Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers is going to get a lot of people's votes and probably mine. I think Brian Cashman of the Yankees is a phenomenal executive and has done wonders in keeping a farm system stocked and rebuilding on the fly as they did. There's a lot. I mean, how about Billy Bean? Look at the Oakland A's. I know it's just a wild card again, but do you realize what they've done again? Last year, where I have this here, and it's worth giving you the exact particulars. Last year, uh, in the middle of June, okay, the Oakland A's were 37 and 35. Oh, wait, sorry, last year. Last year, they were 34 and 36. From June 16th on last year, they went 63 and 29, best record in baseball. This year, through June 15th, the Oakland A's, 37 and 35. Since then, 60 and 28, the best in baseball. It's the second year in a row. They're the best team in baseball from the middle of June to the end. Bob Melvin and Billy Bean again. So look, there's a lot of good guys. There's a lot of good organizations. How about Jeff Lunau in Houston and everything that he's built? So uh, I, I think, yes, he is a genius, but, um, but he's got work to do. The good news is he knows it and he admits it. I do believe that is the case. This is Stan and Bellwood on 670 The Score. What's up, Stan? Good morning. Hello. Maybe Stan stepped away to take a call or do something else. Mike in Hawthorne Woods on The Score. Hello, Mike. Hi, good morning. Uh, I want to tell you how much we all enjoy the show. As they say in Yiddish, you're a real baseball hookup. You're an expert. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to get to do uh, whatever I want with baseball for three hours on a Sunday morning. I thank Mitch Rosen for it, and um, it's been really a joy. So thanks. Just want to ask your uh, opinion. I, I'm sorry if I missed it, whether you think Madden should, should stay. And the one question I have is he didn't have the players this year, but at the same time he misused the pitching staff. His need to assert himself is crazy. One game down the stretch, he used 10 pitchers. I think it was against Milwaukee, four in the ninth inning alone. He never subscribed to the theory you let a pitcher pitch until he can't. Mm. He would come in. You know, that, that, the old school was let a guy pitch himself out then make a change. Every time you make a change, you create an opportunity for a mistake. Mm-hmm. So I wondered what your opinion was. I agree with a lot of that. I know that baseball has evolved and changed beyond that, but specifically with relievers, going to three, four, five relievers in a two-inning span, the more guys you use, the more chances you have that somebody just doesn't have it, just does not have it. And, you know, the best teams in baseball are able to bullpen their way through the last four or five innings of a game 
um, because they have terrific bullpen pitchers. The Yankees have a deep and really good bullpen. Certain teams have deep and really good, interesting bullpens. Certain guys are real good at doing that, like Craig Council. And then sometimes you you are Joe Madden and you're using David Phelps in games that matters. What the hell? David Phelps gave up that homer to Yasmani Grandal in Milwaukee. What is what was he doing in that game? Phelps was in a game last night. I mean, I know these games don't matter, but Phelps gave up what? A, gave up a bomber, a few runs last night. Um, it, it, too often, I I, I I believe that that Joe has been too aggressive and um, and and just weird with the bullpen. I think that's true. And we've talked about that on a game by game basis, and you know, get lost in the minutia of one game. During the course of the year. And right now we're speaking in broad strokes about larger things and cultural things and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man, bullpen managing is the most difficult thing to do. I'll say this. He has been handed a very, very raw deal in that bullpen this year. They didn't have a lot of swing and miss guys. And they didn't have any closer for a while. They, uh, Pedro Strope was broken before they admitted it. Steve Ciszek was broken before they admitted it. Or at least tired. So look, there's he was he had to be perfect. Joe had to be perfect this year with that bullpen, and he was not. That's the best way I can say it. Six seventy. The score is where you are. It's hit and run. This is Bill on the north side. Hello, Bill. How are you? Yeah, I was listening earlier, and you were talking about that seventh game, and uh, when he pulled Hendricks uh, on the oh, yeah. strike three call that they called a ball. Yeah. And he pulled him, and when he shouldn't have pulled him, and then he overused uh, the fireballer. And, and even though we were all joyous, you know, and so happy that they won the World Series, I, a lot of my friends were grumbling afterwards, you know, about how lucky they were to win because of the mismanagement by Madden. And I, I just think he was a god until, until that seventh game, maybe even the sixth game, which he mismanaged. Yes. And, and a lot of people were very unhappy, you know, with the way he managed those two games. But like you said, with you know, it was it was the result, not the process, and and I I, I think he lost lost a lot of uh, cachet with the fans after that. Even though we won the World Series, yep, he'd have, he'd have to win it again in order to re- regain their their complete confidence. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, Bill, it's crazy. Um, it I can't think of another time when a manager won a World Series and lost in terms of cachet with the fans, as you say, and even maybe. Little um, little respect within the org. I mean, it's crazy, but that is the truth. And I mean, you remember the interactions you had with people. I, I sure do. And and in that you know in that World Series, remember he used Aroldis Chapman for eight outs in Game Five. Eight outs. He's like, okay, all right, you get you got an off day coming. I understand. But then he used him for five outs in Game Six, and by the time he went out there in Game Seven, he was already. Um, Already abused. And it was the seventh inning. He was out there in the seventh. He was out there to get more than six outs. Just absolutely running him into the ground. And it didn't work. But then they won. And and that's, you know, it is what it is. But in terms of how uh, people feel about it and have felt about him and, and, and the estimation that he has been in in the minds of a lot of baseball people in this town, I think you're absolutely correct. 670, the score, is where you are. Wondering um, what you've learned about baseball through the Cubs and Sox seasons. I've asked you that. Some good texts have come in 
on that. And here's one. I learned that most people do not realize the importance of an actual leadoff hitter. This includes your radio station staff and the Cubs brass. (laughs) Guess what? Cubs brass agrees with you. Finally. They do. They do. They said so during the course of the year. Everybody they've put there has reacted poorly to it. Schwarber reacted poorly to it. Hayward has now reacted poorly to it twice. Zobrist hasn't, but he's special in terms of the consistency of what he does. Put Almora up there. Didn't he reacted poorly to it? Everybody. Anybody. Yeah, they need somebody. Absolutely do. And they're hard to find. But you're better off having somebody who thinks and behaves like a leadoff hitter should um, rather than just putting a, what you think is a good hitter or slugger there and expecting them to be themselves. 670, the score is where you are. It's hit and run. Matt Spiegel with you for another 40 minutes or so. Your text at 67011 and your phone calls at 312-644-6767. Here until noon on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply the two gentlemen up front who stole away and met me at the rv park in um, pensacola florida i don't know if you guys are aware of that story or not but that's how i got to meet up with um Jed and Theo, they, uh, Jay and I were on a cross-country trip uh, from Tampa over to uh, California. And we holed up in uh, Navarra Beach, I think it is, down near Pensacola. And we got in, that's when we finally got in touch with Theo and Jed. They came on down. We um, kind of sat behind the uh, Cousin Eddie. That's our RV, the Cousin Eddie, 43-foot Winnebago. And we sat back there and uh, pretty much just talked philosophy about how this is all going to work. For me, that was, that was the most important thing. That's what I needed to know. Uh, that we were philosophically aligned. It had nothing to do with anything other than that. That's Joe Madden from his introductory press conference talking about meeting in Pensacola at the RV Park with Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein. the trailer was in the sand but I know that five and a half years ago I used that John Osborne track after he talked about Pensacola and damn it I wanted to use it again and now I have it's hit and run on 670 the score they hung out at the trailer park man got to know each other talked about dreams of managing together wouldn't it be fun if we won a world series in Chicago and they did moments ago Joe And Theo and Jed all walked into the Cubs clubhouse together, according to our Bruce Levine on Twitter. So those three guys who sat there at the RV park in Pensacola um, just walked into the clubhouse together. I told you what my gut was, that they were going to address the media together and announce this all together and let Joe manage his final game with some clarity and and with some, uh, some openness. And I thought that that would be the most graceful and humane way to do it. We'll see. The three of them just all walked in together. We are following along. 
on Twitter. Our man Bruce Levine is down there, as I mentioned, in St. Louis. He will call as soon as anything becomes official, if indeed it does. Um, and I would suspect that um, that they are going to address the media together. Theo Epstein and Joe Madden are going to address the media together. So as soon as they address uh, the media and they talk about stuff, we will uh, we will bring the news to you. This is Eddie in Janesville, Wisconsin, on six seventy. The score. Hello, Eddie. Hey guys, how you doing? We're good. Uh, good. I would like to know what you, your guys' opinion on the percentage of what Theo should be held accountable for. You'd like to know what percentage I believe Theo should be held accountable for? Yes. Okay. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the first hour. He's responsible for way more in the organization than Joe Madden is. He's responsible for the choice of Joe Madden and the role of the manager in the culture and the execution of what they want to do. He is absolutely number one most responsible. Um, And in terms of where they are, how they have fallen back, I'd say he is more responsible than Joe. But um, he also does a lot more than Joe. He has built the minor league systems. He has built the scouting department. He has built how they all talk to each other. He's, he's, he's staffed and managed the analytics department. He's much higher on the totem pole. And a manager is, um, is a, an important cog in the organization, but Theo's way more important. But, so it's, think- it, it's not an either or by any stretch. Yeah, I, I think that Joe, you know, he just play, he's – played the cards he's been dealt and mm-hmm. i think he's done a hell of a job doing that you know he can't go out and play on the field mm-hmm. obviously yeah I, so. I i think that he has played the cards he's been dealt but i think that he has um also unfortunately been exposed as a guy who doesn't have um some other levels as a leader doesn't have other gears as a leader and this is a group that has struggled mentally, struggled with focus, and that's been evident in their play. And that's your job as a manager to find and utilize those other gears as a leader. Does that make sense? So we, so we need to go with more of a youth movement, uh, a la the NFL, someone that's more in touch. It's, you need to go – well, I think what they're going to do is go with uh, a younger, um, edgier person as the manager. Somebody still smart, somebody who is a really good communicator and is likable, but is also edgier um, and is, 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 ready, is ready to get in guys' faces and try to get them to be a little bit more accountable. And I think they need it. I think they absolutely need it. And I think that profile has been... Shown in baseball in recent to be Aaron Boone in New York and Alex Cora in Boston and Rocco Baldelli in Minnesota, where they won 100 games out of nowhere this year. Um, And you've seen it work unsuccessfully with Robin Ventura, although Ventura, not really an edgy guy. Um, Mike Matheny, I mean, like, you know, Gabe Kapler right now, younger um, more, you know, analytical, but not, not all those guys are the same. I keep thinking about Boone. Boone and Cora are the guys I keep thinking about. Boone is a red ass um, and has been a broadcaster, hasn't even been that trained. But there are guys, there are assistants to Theo Epstein who have been observing the organization from multiple levels. 
and uh, are ready to be handed the job of manager. And I think you'll see David Ross announced as the next manager of the Cubs. This is uh, this is Stan and Bellwood on 670 The Score. Hello, Stan. Hey, Steve. I'm here. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, great show as usual. And like you, I'm looking forward to, to these playoffs coming up. Get this regular season over with today, and then let's get going with the real deal. <laughs> hey, um, I wanted to continue on with this uh, uh, Joe Madden talk. Uh, now, I, I don't have a dog in the fight here. Uh, I, I, I'm a big baseball fan, but I'm primarily a, a Sox fan. And, you know, I don't I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other about who manages the Cubs. But I like Joe Madden a lot. I respect him as one of the best managers in baseball. And I will be listening, you know, if, if this does happen and they have the press conference, I want to know exactly the tangible reasons for doing this. I'm not a fan of making a change for change's sake. Uh, now, we know that, uh, that Madden hasn't lost the players. Um, the front office, uh, Theo and company are the ones that saddled him with this flawed ros- roster. And uh, before the season, they asked him to make some adge- uh, adjustments in, uh, in coaching and uh, to be more hands-on. He did that. Mm-hmm. So I'm reminded of the fact that a couple years ago when the Yankees made the decision to part company with Joe Girardi, they never pretended that they were going to be replacing him with a better manager, but they did point to tangible reasons for making the change. Uh, they made the decision to invest a lot of time and money in analytics, which uh, Girardi didn't embrace, and they were also uh, infusing their team with a lot of young players in the organization, uh, Andahar, Gary Sanchez, Severino, and they noticed that there was poor connection uh, between Girardi and the young players. They just felt that um, he wasn't the right guy to direct a team that was getting progressively younger. So uh, it, despite all of the success that he had, they didn't like the way things were trending, mm-hmm. and that's why they made the change. So, you know, if the, if the Cubs are going to make a change... I want to know why. I mean, I, I just I don't I don't think that they should. If if the reason is as you just said that uh, that they're making the change because Madden lacks other gears yeah. as a leader. Is that an, is, is, is that enough? Is that enough for you? Stay, no. Stay, stay, what, no. What, what, really? No, you know, tell them that. You know, I, I just. But okay. Well, there's more. The hold on. Hold on. Is, is, let, let, let's have a conversation for a second. Um, I think there are. Absolutely. Pitching staff management issues with Joe that we could sit here and dissect and they could break down and dissect and say, man, we need somebody who thinks about this differently. So I think there's that strategically. Um, But I think this this idea of a human being as a leader and a manager not being able to get his guys to be accountable. They are the sloppiest defensive team in that division. They made more outs on the base paths than anyone in that division. Hold on, hold on. I hope they do too. I don't think they'll say it today where they're standing side by side with him, but I think they'll say it. And the fact that they asked them to be more focused and intense and play with more urgency and it failed miserably is a reflection on the manager, in my opinion. 
Okay, fine. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't think that they, uh, the reason for firing Joe should be, well, you know, we've just reached the point where we think we need to make a change. I think that they should point to something tangible. And if that's the reason that they're going to do it, then, you know, tell the fans that. Yeah. Because, because, you know, Madness, he's done a lot. I mean, he brought him a World Series. And if he hasn't lost the players. I mean, uh, that's one of the reasons. If, if the players are not listening or uh, if he's not embracing some of the things that the front office uh, wants or that, you know, that they mandate that the player does, that's a good reason. It may not be a good reason, but it's a tangible reason. All I'm saying is I, I, I hope that they're not making a change just because they think they should make a change and that they've gotten as much uh, uh, of Joe Madden's, you know, as they're going to get and that they've reached the end of the line here. Because if that's the case, then let him be part of the solution. I got you. I got you, Stan. I appreciate you very much and appreciate the conversation. Um, There's a fine line, I think, between not losing the players, because I agree he hasn't lost the players, but they're not responding. They're not. And they haven't. It's been sloppy, man. It's been bad. And that's not all on Joe. In fact, there are people close to Joe who will tell you that it's management's fault that the players don't respond because they've been spoon-fed and coddled and given everything they want, and they do not feel a sense of accountability because of the relationship directly with management. So all this could be possible. But I'm, I'm telling you, there is, there is something rotten in the complacency and personality mix there. There is. And, and, and it's... And when that's the case, you have to change the manager. You have to. 670, the score is where you are. It is hit and run. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Northwestern Football at Ryan Field this fall when the Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald, host Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. And this segment is brought to you by Valparaiso University. The satisfaction that comes with living to your full potential is immeasurable. It's a quality of life that Valparaiso University graduates graduates enjoy every day. At Valpo, your full potential receives our total commitment. Visit valpo.edu to request information, apply, or schedule a visit. Um, Joe Madden, Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer all entered the locker room together. Theo and Joe supposed to address the media together down there in St. Louis. As soon as they do, we will turn that sound around and bring it to you and give you the latest with our man Bruce Levine. We'll step away, take a break, come back, and wrap up the year on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Oh my God. Oh my God, it happened. We've reached the final segment of Hit and Run for the 2019 baseball season. And somewhere off in the distance, over the hills and far away, you can see spring training 2020. It's there. Like Rogers Hornsby, we'll just look out the window and wait for spring to come. Uh, We say goodbye to baseball locally. But, boy, we should have a very interesting playoffs, shouldn't we? Some good teams. And some incredible accomplishments are, are, are wrapping up here. Ronald Acuna is going to miss 40-40 by three stolen bases. Mike Trout leads the American League in war. OBP, OPS, OPS Plus is second in home runs, and he missed the last three weeks. I think he's going to win MVP again. And if so... That would be his third, 11th player ever to win three MVPs would be Mike Trout already. The, can I give you my favorite crazy stat of the year? Last year, the Houston Astros allowed four intentional walks. They handed out four intentional walks. This year, they have none. They have not intentionally walked anybody all year. Every other team in baseball has intentionally walked at least 10 people. The Astros don't believe in intentional walks. They don't. That's crazy to me. The man who's going to lead the American League in home runs is Jorge Soler with 47. He will be, the at least, the first Royal ever to lead the American League in home runs. And Tim Anderson has an eight-point lead in the batting race. He has 15 walks on the year, the fewest for a batting champion, assuming he wins it since Napoleon Lajoie in 1902. Baseball is weird, man. It is funky. The Cards uh, play the Cubs today. Later on at 140 is when pregame will start. They have to use Jack Flaherty today because they need to get a win through the Cardinals. And if Flaherty wins today, then they will go to Atlanta for game one Thursday. If Flaherty loses or the Cardinals lose and the Brewers win their game, there'll be a game 163 tomorrow with Miles Michaelis on the mound for the Cardinals. So still some things to play for for these guys out there. We are waiting for word of any kind uh, from St. Louis, and we do not have that, and that is okay. We are talking to you about um, about the state of the Cubs, the state of the White Sox, things you've learned from the season and the seeming end of the Joe Madden era. It's been an interesting show. Mike is on the north side on the score. Hello, Mike. Welcome in. And the Brewers were just one out away last night from tying the division. I was I watched that. It was insane. It was. Josh Hader, uh, Josh Hader blew his save, man. They've had two nights to catch the Cardinals and cannot do it. Yeah. Um, going to Joe's comments about how he's very proud about this team, and I, I, I'm, I'm confused. So they're amongst last in fielding, they're amongst last in base running. They're, 
an undisciplined group. What exactly is he so proud about? Joe, and where did Joe and his positive thinking get this team this year? I, I don't understand it. As far as Theo goes, you know, I, he, I never thought I'd say this. I never. My problem with Theo is something that no one really seems to talk about a lot, is that teams like the Astros and the Dodgers and the Cardinals that are competing, at the same time, they still have prospects in the top 100 yep. in their farm systems. Yep. We don't even have that. Terrible failures in drafting. While the Cubs were passing the Cardinals at the big league level, the Cardinals continued to draft really well. And I have mapped that out for people over the past couple weeks. Between 2013, 2017, the Cubs had horrific drafts that have given them virtually nothing other than Schwarber and, and Bryant. Four guys, Schwarber, Bryant, Ian Happ, who's been real good this week, and James Norwood. That's it from those five drafts. Five. Meanwhile, the Cubs have Jack Flaherty, or the Cardinals have Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson and Paul DeYoung and Harrison Bader and, uh, and, and Tommy Edmond and uh, Jordan Hicks. It, it goes on and on. Bad drafting. And that's why Jason McLeod was removed from that job a couple of months ago. They need new people, new voices, and they'll come. In terms of, uh, in terms of Joe and the and relentless positivity, that's Joe. That's Joe. And it has worked for him a long, long, long time. He is committed to it, and that is Joe. It is, uh, sometimes comes off a little bit delusional, um, but same has been said for, uh, for me in my life, that I am some positive and sometimes willfully delusional. Um, not about baseball, but about other things. Although I guess sometimes about baseball. That's neither here nor there. Mike is in Northwest Indiana on 670 The Score. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, good, Speaks. Hey, the, the Madden love baffles me. Always has. If you told me before 16 that a guy could win the World Series and the manager's stock price would actually fall, I would have said that's not possible. <laughs> he wet his pants in 16. Oh. People compare him to Bochi, Francona, uh, Tory. Even Bobby Cox, you can talk about Tom Kelly. You know what he is? He's Ned Yost. Oh, Charlie no, Manuel, no, no. he's one and one. No, and, no, 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 no. He's not as bad yes. as those guys. Well, same record, one and one. Yeah. You know, loser talk is like, yeah, but we've been so good. Hey, second place, last, exact same thing. The, the, the reason he's getting fired, and a lot of it's Epstein, at least 50%. I, I love the fact that you laid out the last couple of days his drafts. Yeah. It's been a disaster. You go through Wade, Darvish, Chatwood, the list keeps going. Morrill, it's it's awful the way that he makes trades. Everything he's touched in the last two years has been terrible. Not everything, but a lot of it. And some of those free agent deals, some of those are free agent deals and not trades, have been bad. Uh, sometimes good, but there's been a lot of bad. Yeah, man, Theo's, Theo's definitely got some blame here. Uh, too harsh on Joe. Um, I, I, you know, he's not Ned Yost. He's and not Charlie Manuel. Um, better. I do think that he is not as good as Bruce Bochy or Terry Francona. I, I do. Um, you know, it's just, it's just extra gears, extra gears of what it takes to be a leader. Bob is in Naperville and Bob is on the score on hit and run. Hello, Bob. Hey, Speaks, how are you, sir? I am good. I've got five minutes left of the venerable, not vulnerable hit and run in 2019. Well, I appreciate your show and I appreciate your baseball acumen. And just a quick, before my point, I want a quick shout out to Madden because 
People would have done anything for the championship. I had tears rolling down my cheeks because of this guy. He changed the environment, changed the culture. Yeah, he had a rough year, but, you know, come on, look at He's got a very solid uh, record, but that's not the point. I just wanted to get a quick shout-out. We're prisoners of the moment, and that's what I was going to ask you. I appreciate your uh, acumen in this area. Has the Cubs ever had the lineup before we start, uh, you know, trading our core group where Nico's at second? and this maybe a leadoff next year, and you got Castellanos. Have we ever had a healthy lineup with Bryant and Javi and everybody in the lineup with that? Because I don't think we have this year. Bob, I'm glad you brought it up. There was one moment. It was before the Thursday game in Milwaukee, a four-game set where they ended up crapping the bed, and the lineup was tweeted, and I, I, I wanted to tweet about it, and I didn't, but it was all there. Zobrist was leading off, um, or no, maybe Rizzo was leading off, uh, but Zobrist was in the lineup, Javi and Contreras were there, and Schwarber all beyond cleanup, that's what it was, it was Zobrist and then Castellanos, Bryant, Rizzo, and then, then Javi and Schwarber and Contreras, that was your top seven? Hayward was hitting eighth where he belonged. I was like, oh, my God, there it is. There it is. And you know what happened at batting practice? Javi felt that thing in his, in his thumb. He felt that discomfort. And he got scratched that night and did not come back to the lineup. Also, Craig Kimbrell was hurt for the second time that day. There was a moment right there. There it was. And then it was gone. So, no, it wasn't quite there. And this lineup needs to present itself as a full and diversified lineup from moment one next year. Nico Horner will be in it, I do believe. And uh, there'll be others. There'll be more. Got to get those guys. Got to get more. 670, the score is where you are. It has been an absolute pleasure to do Hit and Run with you and for you all year long. You can find podcasts if you missed any. Did a lot of really um, weird, kind of experimental guest co-host stuff this year, and I really appreciate listeners going there with me and um, being adventurous and being open to some of the stuff we did, whether it was music guys who love baseball or you know, my friends who work at the scoreboard stuff. We did a whole hour and a half with Bob Vorwald, which I'm really proud of, where you learned a lot about TV. It's all there, still gettable at Hit and Run. You can find it, um, find the podcast on Apple and, and other places. And I um, want to thank you all for listening and interacting. It's been a very interesting year, and uh, I've enjoyed it greatly. Thanks to uh, um, Adam Stadzinski for producing today. Thank you for Eli Hershkovich for producing for the first part of the year. Thank you to Zach Withers for producing a lot. Mike Chen every once in a while. It's been a lot of you. And it's uh, really been a pleasure to work with everybody. No official word out of St. Louis didn't keep us from doing the Joe Madden wrap-up show. I'm in tomorrow for Dan Bernstein. It'll be me and Connor McKnight, uh, or Connor McKnight and me, I should say, from 9 until noon tomorrow, a little Bears Monday, and I would assume some uh, Cubs wrap-up Monday as well. Have a great day, everybody. Coming up next, right here on The Score, it is Bears pregame with Olin and Pat Manley and Hub Arkish, and at 1.40, Cubs pregame will start, and the Bears pregame will move to the stream at 670thescore.com. 
Enjoy the final day of the baseball season. Enjoy the playoffs. Let's get Astros Dodgers, shall we? That would be fun. Have a great day, everybody. Let's uh, look out the window and wait till spring. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.